0: The following Dharma talk was presented at Common Ground Meditation Center in Minneapolis, Minnesota, as part of the weekly Dharma series.
1: Okay, so tonight's talk is Interdependence, Meditation, and Ecology of the Heart. When I looked at that, I thought, who made that up? (laughs) And yet, I have to say, this is um, this is Talking about something that just feels really dear to my heart. And in saying that it's dear to my heart means don't expect a linear talk. (laughs) But um, it it feels like it weaves together just threads of my life that come together in a really meaningful way, which is what interdependence is. So it feels like it it, it just kind of holds true there. And initially, this talk was inspired by a video entitled, Planetary. Have people here seen this? Anybody seen this video? Wow. It is wonderful. I watched it again today just to see the, if it really affected me in quite the same way. And it, I couldn't stop crying at t- you know It was just tears coming down my cheeks. And it's just beautiful documentary about the planet and expanding it into that really interdependent relationship where things are not happening in a vacuum, that all experience is arising dependent on causes and conditions. And it's all interwoven on so many levels. And it's beautifully done in... um, You know, it begins with speaking with astronauts. Astronauts going out into space for the first time and looking back at the planet. Looking back at Earth. Uh, Seeing the beauty of the earth, seeing the bluish-green atmosphere, seeing the northern lights, seeing what happens as darkness descends on one part of the planet and it lights up with all the lights and just how that moves across the planet. But it also, for these astronauts... Help them to have a shift in perception, a shift that is really critical in our lives, where you know we can grow up feeling like we are one solid, separate individual, and there 's the world out there, and you know we 're trying to get what we want, what we need from it we 're at odds with it, we don 't like it. We get anxious about it. We get fearful. And it creates a lot of loneliness, isolation, sadness, and it's really uncomfortable. And yet what they said when they looked back I have an ear that doesn't cooperate with this. <laughs> <laughs> I have the same problem in Tergar. <laughs> Anyhow, so where was I? So, when they look back, when they look back and ju- the one was seeing the world as one system. Not all of this independent pieces, but one system. And then looking out at space, the, un- the rest of the universe, and seeing that we are just a, a part of this whole vast network. And you know, this, they described feelings of feeling like, wow, you know, we are just like a speck of dark, stardust. And we are of equal value. You know, this whole pulsating system that is moving together, that there's nothing that is in isolation. And this reminded me, when I was a child, of how I would go out at night and lay on the grass, and we had a little hill, a little slope, and I'd lay on that slope, and I would just lay there and look up at the stars, And that helped me get a perspective where I didn't feel so fearful. I didn't feel like I was something different, left out. I mean, many times in my daily life, I have felt like I'm an alien from another planet. You know, and I think many people, uh, we, we, we struggle with this in some way. But somewhere, when we get that vast picture, and we can feel like, yeah, just a speck of... Stardust. But that speck of stardust is as important as any other speck of stardust. And it's all moving in this causal relationship. And somewhere in my life that has been a helpful place to visit, you know, to to have a much larger perspective. And so then it was beautiful or somewhat became somewhat painful but in the documentary going from these astronauts just seeing this pulsating universe into seeing how out of our alienation and separation from our environment we are causing so much harm on the planet right now and all of the devastation you know one scientist said that this is the 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 biggest period of destruction on the planet in 65 million years. And that, you know, that there are just species dying out. There is ways that there is real damage being done to this body that we all are a part of. And yet, we tend to separate ourselves. And, you know, this kind of, to me, represents not just we do what we do with the environment, but what happens when we start to live in a really close, confined sense of who I am that becomes rigid, solid, heavy, and oppressive. And that meditation is the element the the piece that can really help us to deconstruct this in our own experience and be able to see the way that things actually are that isn't bound up in this solid identity of who we are and this becomes freeing this becomes a relationship where we begin to relate to Ourselves with kindness. Ourselves with respect. It helps us to live respecting others. You know, that another speck of stardust that's equally important, equally of value. It's, it's this whole... We, we start to expand it to include all of the relationships in our lives, the way that we walk on the earth. It helps us to really get in touch with that wisdom within us that isn't limited by the way that we construe the world out of misperception. And it is just misperception. You know, it is not seeing things in their nature, not seeing things as they are, that we start to give attributes to things that makes them into other people become the boogeyman or our own minds, the, boo- the boogeyman. The, the, the fear that we can self-create in relationship to our environment that you know, is based on falsehood, based on misperception, based on not seeing accurately. And so meditation being the process where we start to clarify we start to, just as we did here um, in this last meditation, we start to let the mind settle. We start to, you know, m- mostly we're just so tied up in all of the activities in the mind. You know, a thought comes through, and we just follow that thought. You know, we're racing, we create whole universes, never mind a universe outside ourselves. Just one thought becomes a whole universe in itself. And we just follow that. We go with it. And, you know, I love walking down the street and just seeing when I am lost in a thought, I don't see the world around me. Do you? You know, we're just, you know, we're totally walking in our own little worlds. And they're confused. You know, they're, they're, they're a world of misperception so our meditation helping us to come back be present and just allow you know so we practice with just letting the mind be as it is so we let awa- awareness is already here we don't have to create that it's nothing we have to fabricate in the moment where we are sitting here and we're not caught up in our experience Do we know that we're sitting here? We just naturally know that. We don't have to think about it, figure it out. There's a natural knowingness of being here when we're not caught up in all of these different experiences. And so what happens as we begin to rest in awareness, and not fight with, not be, you know, engaged with, we actually begin to see things as they are. We begin to see this world that is deeply entwined. We begin to clarify in our own experience. You know, we begin to see little things like if... I mean, this is, I'm just sitting here. We walk into a room, and it's really hot in the room. <laughs> With certain feelings arise. You know, that there can be d- discomfort. There can be, you know, sleepiness. There can be a heaviness, a dullness in the mind. A window gets opened. Whoop, freshness. You know, that, that um, and maybe that moves into being cold. You know, but we start to see that, All of these different sensations, experiences are related to the world around us, are related to our internal mind. You know, it could be that we're sitting here and, you know, the room feels hot, stuffy, but we're just simply aware of that. It's just the conditions that are present in that moment. And our sense of well-being is not defined by it. And so, boom, it's just what is reflected in awareness. No big deal. We we start to see how um, you know somebody's sitting beside us and they start moving. They're really wiggling around, and you know maybe they're coughing, they're sneezing, they're and you know and it could be oh no, I'm going to get sick. They're they're you know I'm breathing the same air as them. We're interconnected, <laughs> you know, and their fear gets triggered, or you know it could be a totally different response where we we feel someone moving and obviously there's some kind of distress happening and it's like ah oh, we feel their pain you know we feel that wow in this moment they're not at ease in some way and our hearts open and hold them in a way but you know it's like as we sit here in this room there's not there's not all these different little beings that are in isolation. We're here, we're in this together. We're in a really big piece of this together. And it doesn't end at the end of these walls. You know, it, it expands. And so, one of the things that when we move into isolation, fear, anxiety, that feeling of separation, You know, we move into survival that we need to protect ourselves in relationship to the world. And I heard something really beautiful from His Holiness the Dalai Lama the other day where he said, you know, that being selfish we see as a way of surviving, that we need to do this. And yet he said what we need to do is to have this wise selfishness. And what that wise selfishness tells us is that, yes, we need to take care, but we need to take care of not only ourselves, we need to take care of our brothers and sisters whom we share this world with. And so it really expands that view of how we live our lives out of this small sense of isolation into living respecting and caring for all the all as the buddha talks about you know that this whole vast array display of experience phenomena and we we learn to live on the relative level honoring these causes and conditions and really in our lives out of that respect and care of seeing how deeply we are connected we want to alleviate the distress the suffering we want to hold in our hearts with an openness that is based in an inherent loving kindness and compassion an inherent wisdom <laughs> that is there when we aren't fixated, contracted into this little I, me, and mine. And practice being what helps us to do this. You know, because without it, you know, we can have these moments, like I remember as a child, where I did, I felt for a moment that I was at home. I was at peace. That I was a part of all of this, not an outsider. You're know, just feeling at ease, at peace. And But then, what happens? This contraction of self. and I've watched this because nature for me, has been a huge teacher. You know that there's been many I always say it was my first teacher. When I would go out into nature, it was a place where I could, for moments, in my distress feel held, not separate. It was also where I saw of impermanence, of how everything in life is changing. And it's just the way things are. So that means it's not a mistake when the things that I love change. It's what happens. You know, so it becomes a, a, a truth that when we, when, as I started to see it in the natural world, and sometimes seeing it in beautiful ways, Like loving the fall when, you know, the trees turn color, it's beautiful, and then a leaf just naturally lets go. You know, it became instructive to me as to how when something has lived its life, whether it's a thought, an emotion, whether it's physical body, whatever it might be, when something has lived its course, It lets go. And this is natural. So, you know, this is one of the lessons that nature brought to me. It also was where I could really see suffering exposed. You know, when I was young, I felt like people were not talking about the suffering in the world. It was being covered over. And if you did suffer, it was a sign of weakness. You did something wrong. You were bad. And then it was just seeing that, no, suffering is here. And, you know, with suffering, there is the suffering that is natural that we experience through having a body, through going through the changes. You know, we can't control the body to always be healthy. You know, it, we age. <laughs> If you're aging, you know the experience of that and the, the, the uncomfort, the distress that can come with that. Um, and, and that, you know, at some point in our lives, we will die. And, the, you know, this is all a part of natural suffering. And then there is also the self created suffering, where we are, you know, not perceiving reality in the way that it is, and we're fighting with things in a way that just creates a lot of pain and distress in our lives. And so so in nature, you know, it's really seeing this element of the natural suffering. And just, I don't know, there's something about being with big trees out in nature that, you know, could have this huge presence as they're standing there but they might not look perfect. You know, that's, uh, you know, a branch could have fallen off or you know, something that caused the trunk to be crooked, um, the, the wind bending things over. And, you know, it was okay. It's how things are. And then, also, I grew up near the mountains. And the mountains taught me about equanimity. You know, be, sitting out on a mountain on any given day and all of the weather that comes through, you know, bright, clear, sunny morning with dew on the ground and then um, the clouds blow in and then it's sleeting, could turn to snow and then it dispels and it's a bright, clear sky and all of it starts to melt and the mountain just sits. The mountain just is there, present. And all of, you know, for me it represented all of the storms of life that blow through, that, you know, whirl through in our experience. And the sense of being able to be present with, not blown by. And this is where awareness is so helpful. You know, when we're caught up in those experiences, you know, we're just at play in the world. You know, lost in that. But when we're with awareness, you know, if awareness is often likened to the sky, to space, and, you know, with awareness, anything can come through, and space is untainted by it. You know, and, and, you know, within space, there's all kinds of planets, galaxies, you know, every, all of this is just happening within space, and within awareness, We can let all of our experiences come and go, come and go. And yet, within awareness, there is this natural quality of warmth, kindness, compassion, wisdom. It's just naturally there when we really come to be at home in ourselves when we really rest in this place. And then again, I come back to how do we do this? Meditation. Meditation. This is our training of the mind. This is what can help us to find that home within ourselves that we all no, on some level, is there. I mean, that's, that's a part of what pulls us here. You know, it's like following that homing instinct. And what we want to do is to, you know, within this vast play, we want to be really examining in our lives what are the ways that we're living that are perpetuating misperception that are clouding, you know, creating this fuzz of which we don't see clearly. And out of that, we end up hurting ourselves and others when we don't want to. It's not our intention, but we're not seeing clearly, so that's what we end up doing. But when we start to just really rest in this awareness and be able to see things as they are, then it's like we start to move in a way that perpetuates some form of suffering. We can just, oh. It's like putting it down right there. Following the thought that says, I'm no good. I can't do this. I am worthless. But we start to see that, and we start to see that, oh, I've just latched onto a thought as being true, there's been this creation of this universe, this thought is arising out of conditioning from the past but it really doesn't accurately re- reflect we just let it be you No, know? and it isn't that we have to push it away, get rid of it if we had to do that, you know, it would be like we'd be running around trying to stomp out fires all the time to be exhausting. It's like, you know, what what happens if we think we have to get rid of everything is it's like trying to suppress, push away. No. But instead it's just like be. Let it be what it is. You know, what's a thought? It's this little formation in the mind comes about due to certain causes and conditions and what happens? It has its own nature. What's that nature? Aspect of impermanence. It's not fed goes its own way, and boom, we're fine again, you know? So we just stop feeding all of these fires within ourselves that keep us in this rough and tumble. (laughs) I think my ears aren't strong enough to support this. (laughs) I think it's true. (laughs) I don't know what it is. (laughs) Anyhow, um, it's an aspect of impermanence, yes. Uh, So uh, we just we stop perpetuating the misperceptions, the misperceiving of reality, and it's through awareness through seeing clearly that we're able to do this. So this aspect of interdependence is really an aspect of wisdom, of clear seeing, of seeing that there is this interplay within all of this phenomenal world and that it's not just a linear path, but it's, you know, things come together. Weather patterns come together. You know, the, the clouds come together in a certain formation. And the temperature's just right. And we have rain. Or temperature's a little bit different. We have snow. You know, that it's all working, working together. And we start to see this in our own experience. And it's just... <laughs> I try the other ear. <laughs> Maybe it's stronger. <laughs> so, we. Uh... <laughs> 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 How's the sound? Is it cat- catching the sound now? Yeah. Okay. Turn it this way. All right. Okay. Good idea. Okay. How are we doing? Yeah? (laughs) Oh, good. (laughs) Okay. Mm, Where were we? (laughs) Uh, Well, here we are. (laughs) Causes, conditions come together in a certain way, and some thoughts don't follow. (laughs) (laughs) The wisdom element. Wisdom. Seeing things. Seeing life. Understanding life as it is. As it really is. Without all of the conceptual overlays. Without um, being limited by our perceptions. Our... Beliefs, ideas, views. And, you know, th- this is one way that we start to live naturally. I mean, it happens really naturally. It's, it's like a, when, as we start to wake up in our lives, we start then starting seeing the effects of what we do that's causing harm. We don't want to do it. You know, and sometimes it takes a while to get the message, you know, speaking from personal experience, that, you know, there will be repetitive behaviors that we have. We do something, we know it isn't helpful, but we do it anyways. But, you know, the Buddha talked about how it's better to do that with awareness than to do it out of ignorance, to do it not seen, you know, not that disconnection. You know, when we do something that is harmful with awareness, if we can allow ourselves to stay present with and feel what's happening, then we begin to see, you know, it's like information. You no, know, information in this way is helpful. It will help us to then go, ah, oh, no-brainer, I don't have to do this. And so we really start to clarify we look we see we we just see in our own minds if you come here and I know metta or loving kindness is a practice that is often done and we start to see what kind of effect that has on our minds and you know one of the things I've seen around loving kindness practice in my own life was I could sit down and do loving kindness practice where you know I'm I'm really wishing well for myself, for people that are dear to me, neutral people, people I don't know, people that are difficult people to all beings. And you know, I could at times feel like, you know, thoughts of aversion, I don't want to do this, I hate this, whatever, but I just keep staying steady in it. I just keep turning my mind towards this aspect of caring for the welfare of living beings, and then go out and live my life. And then, you know, somebody cuts me off and I'm driving and my normal reaction might be irritation and I go, oh, wow, they must really be in a hurry. You know, you know connecting in with this, this is a human being and I, just because they do something I don't like means I don't have to throw them out of my heart. So we start to see how this has an effect in our lives. We start to see the direction that we turn our minds in in our lives if it is towards that which alleviates suffering has an effect. And that that effect is not just limited to us. You know, that what we do has, because of this interdependence, this interconnectedness, ripples out, is affecting everything around us. And we see that. You know? Maybe you've had the experience where personally you walked into an office at work and there's an argument going on. Everybody's, uptight, engaged, really holding the ground on their opinion, and maybe you just walked in and you just looked around the room, you felt the distress of the room, you didn't feel like it was personal in any way, and you just listened. You just started listening to what people had to say. Or maybe you were that distressed person, and somebody Just listen to you. And there's an effect. There's just an effect that happens when we do this. And of course it doesn't mean all the time that everything will suddenly become peaceful and wonderful because it's in this vast matrix of experiences. But it is planting those seeds, planting those seeds of Love, kindness, patience, tenderness. And it is a way that we can feel empowered in a world that is distressed, that is in turbulence, that we are exposed to because of the media on the planet in this day. The media in itself, which if we have much experience with media, we know can be totally distorted. That is coming through different can be coming through cultural conditioning, social conditioning, a person's personal conditioning. That uh, or can be driven by a network's desire to put a spin on a story. There's so many causes and conditions that are there that what reaches us totally can be misinformed. But yet, through that, we do we do get exposed to the cries of distress in the world. And it's really important that through this we don't just move into more separation, more alienation, that we don't just retract in despair, but that that we learn how to open to this despair, how we learn to embrace these feelings that... You know, when we start to open to some of what we've been cutting off, we've been suppressing, it can come up quite strong. But we learn how to be with this with awareness. That through this then helps us to see that this again is just another cloud passing through this vast field of awareness and that we don't have to collapse into it that we can actually open to the beauty, the sacredness of what is here when we are at ease in our own being. Somehow, my connection with the planet is something that has really motivated me in my own life. You know, that to see, I remember being young, and, you know, I used to plant trees where there was logging. You know, I, being out and seeing, you know, and we all use wood, so I'm, I'm not in any way wanting to condemn, but when we do things without caring for the larger picture, um, it really causes mass destruction. And, you know, just in the scene of a world that it, you know, is choking on its, the air. You know, just in the scene of this, it was like seeing that, what can I do? How can I be of service in this world? And really feeling within that, that if I was going to help to do anything, I had to have some understanding of the causes of the struggle causes of distress. And I think this is why we all come to practice. That we want to live a life, a valuable life, a meaningful life. We want to do the best that we can in our lives. And yet, we sometimes don't know how, what to do. How? How? Because we've tried. Out of the best of intentions, many times we can perpetuate suffering, do things that just add to more distress. I mean, just thinking of, a, you know, a simple of example of how, you know, in our own lives we've been sitting again, you know, and we're our heart's broken in some way. And then somebody comes along, and out of the goodness of their heart, they try to Try thinking of all of these strategies we can use to fix ourselves, and what it tells our what it starts giving ourselves a message of is, "Oh, you are no good you you really don't have an innate wisdom, I need to fix you, I know better, I can help you, and whew, you know it, out of their best of intention they 've tried to help us, but oh it 's created more distress so in our lives it's just that sense of coming back home turning the lights on lights awareness waking up being present and really resting in our intention as a human being to do the best that we can and trusting in that and knowing we make mistakes knowing we get confused knowing we don't you know always do we sometimes do things in a way that creates more suffering. Because we can't see all of this vast web of interconnectedness. But we do the best that we can. We keep trusting in our motivation. We keep trying to clarify through presence, awareness in our own experience. And really learning how to to find stability within awareness so that we aren't always pulled into these, you know, vast array of changing experience that lead us down a rabbit warren of a closed universe, and instead staying staying within this open universe, this universe of immense potential and possibility. But we do this moment by moment in our own experience. The relaxing, settling back, allowing Allowing everything that's here to be here. Out of this, finding a natural responsiveness, a natural care, kindness, wisdom, that we don't have to learn, figure out, fabricate, but comes through this wisdom element of seeing clearly, seeing things clearly as they are. Okay, so I would like to open it up here for discussion, comment, questions. So, yes, up here.
2: My name is Don, and uh, thank you, wonderful. I'm just having a hard time uh, of getting, I get caught up. I think it is. Maybe I'm not talking up loud loud enough. And anyway, I get caught up in these uh, things that happen, and I'm having such a hard time of just kind of, oh, you know, oh, it's like this now and and stepping back. Mm Mm-hmm. I, um, after the fact, mm-hmm. I, can, I can say, oh, I was just caught up. Mm-hmm. But at the time, it's just so hard to, mm-hmm. you know, um, and I don't know if I need to do something with my posture, you know, like uh-huh. literally physically kind of just uh-huh. lay back or right. something. But I can, I'm not making the connection. I get caught up, and then afterwards I get like, oh, I've been caught up. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Well, there w- is one aspect there that when we're lost, we're lost. No, we are. But what happens is that in a certain moment, then we realize that we're lost. And that's great because we saw that. And that, you know, this is the whole training that, you know, we're used to being lost. There's a huge momentum for being pulled into these experiences. But the training to come back, to be aware, uh, to remember to be aware, is, is the training of meditation. And so in that moment where we notice that we've been lost, it's great. You can right there just, in a sense, celebrate the awareness that recognizes this. You're back. What's here? Present with. You don't have to go somewhere else to practice. You don't have to shift in any way just uh, because awareness is the essence of meditation. And so then when we recognize it's awareness that knows this, we're here, be with, and it might be if it's something tumultuous that it has some pull, some charge, and you know just letting there be interest in how we get lost. You know, wow, this is interesting. You know, I was here, I was fine, and then I remembered something from my day, and boom, gone. And then you know, it's just like, oh, aware, we see this, and then we start to. Feel, you know, you could, you, we might even begin to register just a tightening in the body that is that momentum into getting caught in that thought. And just as we keep paying attention, we see more and more and more. But watching in those moments where we discover that we've been lost, that we don't use that as a place of saying, not good enough, no good, there's something wrong in my practice. Hey, you remembered. Yeah, and just stay steady. For me, it was huge—just that one piece of staying steady and getting lost, coming back, getting lost, coming back, not judging, which was my habit before. No, it was that measuring stick. Oh, you were lost a long time. No good. No, it was like, whoop, here, present, and throughout the day. You know, not just on the cushion. Throughout the day, just any moment that you remember, be aware. Over here.
3: So first, thank you for the teaching. Thank you. Yeah. Right now, I am I'm wrestling with how to skillfully be skillfully respond to the to the stuff that comes up. That is, I understand the sky. I can I can I can be in this I can, I can be this space and the awareness and that's a beautiful thing, particularly when I'm sitting in formal practice. And when things come up, I think that there's a, a very real difference between getting lost and caught up in them in an unskillful way that causes more suffering, and uh, being skillful and being completely present in in that experience and handling what needs to be handled. And I feel like those are both two points in this guy. And what I'm having a hard time with is the, is, is moving from an unskillful state, uh, of collapsing down Mm -hmm. into a skillful wise response, uh, to, to what is, and it's particularly around the fact that the verdict of another black man being shot dead in the street. And I have not been able to pull myself together today. And, uh, and, and and there's no uh, the wisdom the compassion the open heartedness it's not there yeah. for me right now and yeah. so I, I'm, I'm struggling with it was everything I could do to pull myself into calming ground tonight I'm struggling with how to respond wisely yeah I yeah. want to do yeah, that because yeah. that causes more suffering for myself and for yeah. others
1: yeah thank you for your question uh, I think that it's a really important question. And it takes a lot because sometimes the wounding that gets opened is so deep. You know, it, it It's huge. And that's where we can begin to see that it's understandable that in so many times in our lives we've had to repress it. We've had to push it away. We um, because we didn't know how to be with what comes up and it's where to me i think in ourselves it relates back to how i was saying that for me the planet has been what's motivated me in a sense to find out how can i help and it's probably it sounds like it sounds like you have done significant meditation and have good understanding and it's by continuing to allow these strong feelings that arise to not be negated, not be pushed away, but allow them to be there, to be felt, to be a part of your experience but not Giving them space, not letting them be the only filter that we see life through, because it can be very easily from these very wounded places that we get pulled into a very small view again. And it isn't that we want to just um, say, "Oh, it's all okay." That's not, you know, because out of our responsiveness, we want to be able to do things that are going to help or seemingly help you know that we want we, what we don't want to let get we don't want to turn our backs on is our own hearts what we don't want to shut down is this potential we have inside ourselves out of feeling that the wor- the world does have injustice in it it does have flaws and ways that things are not fair But we have to learn how to not abandon our hearts in these moments. And it's not easy because, whoa, it's painful. And people get hurt. And, you know, not to say that in this situation, I really, not to say what's right, what's wrong, but what is really critical is that we don't abandon our hearts and that we learn how to be like that mountain With these really strong feelings that move through and out of being able to stay present in as best we can, we respond in the best way that we know how to. And who knows what that will look like in the living of. But that we simply do the best we can and that you found your way here tonight, that you have a sense that there is a way to find the wisdom in what seems so painful, but seems so unfair, so unjust. And I just want to say it's not easy. But we can't give up on that. And you're right, we don't want to do a spiritual bypass that negates, that pushes away, but we have to learn how to transform, to, to allow all of these clouds that pass through to cr- crystallize into wisdom. And so we have to find what happens with all of these emotions, this distress, when we don't feed it, but we allow it to speak to us in a certain way. So I don't know if there's anything helpful in that. So anything else from our practice, maybe our practice in daily life, our practice here? Do we feel like we take our practice into our lives, into these challenges, into the midst of, the thick of life?
0: Thank you Mioshin, for being here tonight. i was at um the protests right before coming here mm-hmm. and and yeah, so this morning I was listening to the news and um, and and I just noticed how how quickly I closed down and um Yeah, so I just all throughout the day it was just just been sort of exploring, just a lot of what Femi was pointing to, how how to be skillful as skillful as possible with this pain, and just seeing all the different reactions of closing down, um, of confusion, of uh, but but what sort of I knew what would what would help would would be to be in community Mm. and to just be there and to see I had to leave before the two groups came together. But um, just hundreds of people, peaceful people Mm. sharing their grief and. And and it just yeah, it's just that I, I feel it's so it's so connected to this question of. Of how we honor and really honor the truth of our experience, not push it away, and yet I also was was grateful that I knew I was going to be coming here. Um, so I just I just see um, the interconnectedness of needing needing to find a way to, to hold, to transform pain and really open to it um, as really being crucial to, to transforming yeah. um, these yeah. deep places of pain yes. in our society. Um, mm. So I just wanted to share that.
1: Thank you for sharing that. It is. How do we hold the pain without being broken by it? This is our practice. And, you know, within that, it's like needing to know, needing to be able to see, it's just like you said, like to be with people was supportive. What helps to support us in staying present with? When we just look, we have to pay attention in our own experience. You know that we can see that um, that it can be coming together with people. Sometimes we might be with friends who you know just fire up ourselves in a way that we can't hear anymore, and we get caught in our own habits, and it's not so helpful. And we might might need to retreat. We might have, for me, you know, often going out in nature. It's a way of. Of connecting in. How can I connect in? How can I stay connected rather than disconnecting? Because it's out of that disconnection that we exacerbate the suffering because we don't see it. We're disconnected. We don't see it. But finding the ways, and you know, that doesn't, the connecting doesn't always mean being with people. It can be connecting with our own experience, our own feelings, allowing, touching into. The, the heaviness, the pain, the sadness in the heart. Really just allowing ourselves to feel that without having to fix it in that moment. I think that that's the, the piece with grief is that when we start trying to fix it right away, we aren't allowing ourselves to feel that. You know, and so, so it's how do we support, give support to our minds to be able to be with? And that's for me where that sense of spaciousness, that sense of just you know letting the sadness be a part of it all. You know, sometimes we might really look, let let the mind rest with sadness, feel it in the body, feel it how um, how it moves in the body, the heaviness, the dullness, or the yeah the heaviness in the mind, the kinds of thoughts that are there, and sometimes. It might just be touching it, feeling it in the body without any story, just letting it be there, letting it be felt without having to do anything. You know, that's that tenderness, that kindness of awareness that allows. And then, you know, sometimes we need more support. It's too strong. Where can we turn the mind that helps us to stay connected now. And then at some point, when the, we have some stability again, we can go back into these deep pockets of wounding. But we can't force ourselves to be there. But we can touch into and move away from, move towards that which helps support awareness, presence, and then looking again where it's more challenging. Watching all of the shoulds in the mind of how, you know, the, 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 I should be able to be with this, I should be able to open to this. And that is a heavy burden. We need to really honor ourselves in this process. Yes. So, last comment.
4: My name is Robert, and, and I had a choice also of um, the demonstrations going on this evening are just a block away from where I live. I had a choice of going there or coming here, as you pointed out. My choice, and as David said, my choice was to come here simply because I uh, wanted to follow what I find is my bliss. I find a great bliss in meditation and in community. Um, I am distressed. Uh, in some, my reflection on what's happening today is that of all the 50 states in the United States, Minnesota is like last or next to last in terms of the education of minority groups or, or what are what, what, euphemistically called minority groups. And I find that very, very sad. And I reflected on that uh, this evening to myself. Um, but again, I point out that I'm here. Uh, not yeah. there. I did not want to uh, go to a situation that would inflame anger or, or distrust or fear. I wanted to come to a place where I would find peace and calmness. So that's what I'm doing here, and I thank you.
1: Mm, thank you. Thank you for sharing. Okay, okay, so we have come to the end of our evening, and I would like to take a moment to really dedicate any fruits, any benefit that's come from our time here to others. So just connecting back in with our intention in being here, our motivation, all of the effort, the energy that we've put into being here. And offering any benefit that comes from this time here to be of benefit to all of the beings in the city who are in distress, saddened, sorrowful, confused, just wishing in our hearts that any benefit can be joined with all of the virtuous actions of the three times to help to bring peace, calm, and clarity within the hearts and minds of all beings.